0: Please hold for Armchair Adventurer.
1: That's not the kind of podcast we are.
0: The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages
1: at this time. Goodbye. Solid.
2: That sounded pretty good.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: Okay. So, you know what's funny is um it was just Dan and I last week and we got Paul now. We're kind of just revisiting the life cycle of this podcast. <laughs> just going, going through all the stages again.
1: Because I'm sure Greg will be back next time.
0: Yeah. Yes, I'm sure you can't miss two weeks, three weeks.
2: Uh, Dan, this is your your episode, and I don't want to steal the spotlight from you, but I do have just a few things at the top here. Um, yeah, bring it. Well, first off, how's, how's the... How's everything going for you guys? How's the week, the extended... Quarantine-type thing that we just started doing. This new quarantine. How's that going for you?
1: What are you talking about?
2: I am trying to bait you guys into asking me what's going on in my life right now.
1: (laughs) Well, now that we know
0: not to ask you.
2: Great, I'll go ahead and tell you anyway. Uh, Two two purchases were made. Um, One is uh, one of the greatest things that's happened to me in the last two years. And the other is the thing that will certainly cause my inevitable death. Um, oh,
1: no. <laughs> uh, my,
2: my roommate and one of his girlfriends bought... Um,
1: one of his girlfriends?
2: I'm sorry, one, one of my <laughs> Whoa, roommates and hey. his girlfriend, <laughs> um, they got us a washer and dryer. Oh, and he yeah. was hey. a laundromat for almost two years. Ah. Oh. Spending five dollars per load of
1: laundry—that is a huge deal, man. And now that I can clutch.
2: just, yeah, I can walk uh, two feet out of my bedroom door <laughs> and do my wash my sheets, which I will be doing tonight.
0: And biggest thing, no more coins. No yeah. more coins. I never have that to is, cash back again. Oh, I always hated that going to the bank and stuff. Yeah, just to get quarters.
1: Even and smaller no oh, I was gonna say an even smaller bonus that is pretty negligible but it's also kind of nice uh, if you know people are ever doing laundry late at night you're trying mm-hmm. to go to bed it's really some good white noise oh um, I'm sure yeah
2: the gentle hum of the dryer barrel
1: yeah. Especially if somebody puts some sneakers and coins in there, that's like,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I gotta wash my bag of shoes tonight.
1: My (laughs) my bricks, yeah. Yeah,
0: My
2: pillowcase (laughs) full of bricks. (laughs) Um, Now Uh, the other purchase, one that I made, that affects mm -hmm. only me. I bought a tiny little mini fridge, like a it it just fits twelve cans. It's it's the perfect size to fit 12 cans.
1: How small is this thing? I was yeah. picturing like the half mini fridge, you know. I thought you had a mini fridge before
2: Oh, it too. is so much smaller than that. It's uh Really? It's probably like a 1 foot wide and like a foot and a half uh tall. That's awesome. You know, like the
0: face. That's tiny.
2: Yeah, I mean it's like you can fit 12 cans and nothing else. <laughs> you know, but it is uh it is on my dresser and my headphone cable is long enough that I can get up from my desk and walk <laughs> over there and get a beer without having to take my headphones off.
0: You're living your best life right I, now. I, I, would, <laughs> I If I, my
2: headphones were uh, long enough that I could do my laundry also. Whoo, <laughs> <laughs> that's power.
0: There's <laughs> gotta be some extension cable Absolutely, or something. Absolutely I could make it happen. I would only you need can like go a anywhere foot
2: extension. Do it.
0: Just go to Monoprice right now and buy it. Dude, you're making me feel like a
1: schmuck, man. I have to, like, I have two beers in two different koozies. Yeah. Because I start drinking one and then the other one's a backup and I just hope it doesn't get too warm. Yeah. You, my friend. That's the system I
2: was rocking before, but
1: no (laughs) longer. Well, it's only a matter um, of time.
2: No matter what happens in November. Uh, I think we can all agree that the balkanization of this country is uh, 100% guaranteed, and I just want to know which mega region of the country that becomes its own <laughs> autonomous unit you guys are moving to.
1: You I was think thinking of
2: Cascadia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Cascade Mountains?
2: Yeah.
1: If you think that the New York Northeast region is going to allow people to just pick up and leave without a bullet between the eyes you are sorely mistaken my friend yeah it's going to say who's going to pay taxes <laughs> yeah exactly i'm stuck that's my point yeah i can't go anywhere
2: you're stuck in that uh, that northeastern corridor that's going to become its own country
1: nope i mean if california ever really did it well they're talking about splitting up
0: like a year or two ago like, North and South California? Oh.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. I know. I saw that Northern California wants to get out of there.
0: <laughs> yeah. That makes the sense. The cities are controlling all the politics, <laughs> but, like, you know, there's a lot of farms and stuff that
1: don't really have a say. Or you could just, you know, fix the drawing of district lines and. Yeah, or wouldn't you wouldn't have could to suck worry it up, about Snowflakes. a single thing. Damn, snowflake farmers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Keep uh keep farming your corn or whatever the hell they grow out there. weed your weed farm <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> I've been <laughs> Shut waiting. up and
2: smoke your dope, you damn hippie
1: <laughs> I've just you been waiting me. for some like I've just been waiting for somebody to like give me flack for wearing a mask somewhere specifically, I know it's gonna happen at this golf course I've been going to i just I can just tell it's gonna yeah. happen, man. <laughs> I walk in there. I'm the only one with a mask. I'm just waiting for somebody to say something. I'm just going to call him a snowflake. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, <laughs> I saw. Just cough uh, on him. I saw some <laughs> advice on the internet that it's, I, I have to imagine it's true. It was, uh, this guy just said, just always have uh, a go fuck yourself cocked and loaded. Because if you just instantly <laughs> hit somebody with that when they say something to you, they will not expect it. Yeah, good you point. Stood, uh, angry and loud, go fuck yourself.
0: Yeah, because I think one of two things will happen: they'll either try to fight you, mm-hmm. or they'll just be so
1: like taken <sighs> aback they'll what? just leave you alone. I like it. I will. Yeah, I, I um, will keep that in mind.
2: Final thing before we get into the episode, only because it's related. Uh, you know that at work they they give us masks, like um, sure every day, but they're just those like blue and white surgical masks. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and I finally caved and bought my own like cloth mask and I feel like mm. a real dummy for not doing that earlier because oh man is it more comfortable oh really I don't have red lines on the back of my ears anymore
1: yeah oh the, I bet the straps yeah. yeah yeah I got a big noggin <laughs> yeah I was okay. lucky one of my friends was making homemade masks at the beginning of the whole thing so caught that she used nice nice quality elastic yeah for those straps so the inspiration for this episode comes from a cracked.com article titled <laughs> That's right. and I, I yeah i realized i i've mistitled it last time so it's called quote the five most spectacular landscapes on earth parentheses that murder you Okay. Uh and to give you um the rundown, I'll give you the five, I'll just briefly mm-hmm. um list
2: is them. Is this this is 5 to 1 you're going?
1: Yeah, I'll go 5 to 1. Uh I don't think they put it in any particular order, but okay. I did. Just um, five sure. random ones. Okay. Yeah. So, which may become future episodes, who knows. So, number 5, we have uh the and this is don't even try to spell this from how I'm pronouncing it. Cory Vrecken Maelstrom, mm. which is in Scotland. You guys know what a maelstrom is?
2: Is that the is that like a, a whirlpool kind of like a
1: Exactly. Yeah. The thing is though, usually when you have one, like when one appears, it disappears eventually too. But right. this one has been going on yeah as long as people have seen it. It yeah. it goes on infinitely. Well. So, if you get caught in there, you're screwed. You're stuck. Number four is Singi de (laughs) Bemaraha. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that one. National Park in Madagascar, uh, which is a place that will literally shred you to bits. Um, The whole national park is just covered in very sharp, sharply eroded rocks. To the point where, like, even just walking through there, if you brush up against one of the rocks, you will probably cut yourself. And, like, I saw pictures of people's shoes, just people's sneakers, who walked through a bit of it, shredded on the bottom.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah. It's like the
0: land of knives.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Number three is the, the afar triangle in... It just said in Africa. I didn't Google specifically where it was. So Um, this is a hole in the earth that appeared very suddenly several years ago and just has not stopped like expanding um, very slowly, but it's just still going. And as it expands, it gets a lot deeper um, and the sides of it are very sheer. So... Not only if you fall into it, will you probably just be swallowed up by the earth, but because of how deep it is, temperatures near like the bottom bottom reach like 700 or 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, boy. Yeah. So you probably also are incinerated by the the time you land. Um, Number two is the Boiling Lake. And I don't know where this is.
2: I can kind of (laughs) guess, I think, what's going on there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It is yeah. a lake that will literally boil you alive. Um, it's it's just a lake, uh, but it's also boiling for some reason. Probably just from gases emitted from the earth, really hot gases. I'm say, assuming is it
0: like magma underneath it or something.
1: Probably, perhaps. Yeah,
2: I, you know, here's a here's a question I have that also relates to those when we were talking about Yellowstone. Hmm. Uh, why are those so hot but there a lot of them are not like actually bubbling is it because of like mineral content does that change the actual boiling point but it is still very very hot or
0: uh i would buy that I imagine i imagine it's just the the travel time how deep it is too how much it cools
1: off i bet there's a lot of factors the flow of it i don't know you mean like it's just below boiling, basically? I mean, there's probably steam coming off there, right? So it's near boiling. Yeah. Is that what you mean?
2: Yeah. Like, I feel like I've seen, for instance, the, what is the, is it the Grand Prismatic Spring is the big yeah. one in Yellowstone? Isn't that just like still water, but it's like really, really hot? Yes. Oh, I guess it's below boiling, though. Maybe I'm just,
0: not well, used I to mean the fact that, i think they're just all kind of different you know yeah like Mm. they're not all the same like the the grand prismatic pond whatever you want to call it Uh, you know it's just not as bubbling and boiling the same way the geyser however many miles away old faithful you know goes off every 15 minutes you know they're just different sections or you know whatever you want to call it
1: i feel like there's something to be said for your mineral content uh hypothesis though because like think about it you put, soil, you put salt in water and it increases the boiling point so it can get hotter without boiling so right. maybe if there's like salt or other like alkaline minerals that have the same yeah. sort of effect i don't know there's a lot of sulfur like i mean yeah. it always smells like you know like
0: sulfur everywhere because they're all um, so maybe that's something to do with it
1: it's possible Sorry. well this yeah that's okay this point this place is definitely not um not boiling it is very much boiling um and so they haven't really been able to test out how hot it truly is because they can only take temperature readings near the shore um but even there of like the water that sort of washes up onto the shore is 200 degrees Yeesh. or like it was like 170 something but i rounded up which might have been that might be malpractice, but I don't
2: know. What was this? Was it just called Boiling
1: Lake? Yeah, it was just the Boiling Lake. It said Dominica, but I don't think that's a huh. country.
2: <laughs> it, like on the island the... of Dominica.
1: Is that part of a country?
2: It is a country. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, Coming I don't teach world Dominica.
1: history. That's my excuse. Where is it?
2: Uh, near New Zealand.
1: So, number one on the list is the Bolton Strid. Yeah, this is it. This is what we're getting into right now. Some general information. Uh, Our topic today, the Bolton Strid, brings us to the River Wharf, which is a 65-mile-long river that flows through Yorkshire, England. Yorkshire, Yorkshire, England. (laughs) Uh, Specifically, the Bolton Strid is just a small segment of that river, and I really mean like small. It's probably less than 100 feet long of this 65-mile-long river. And it's very narrow. It's like at any point, it's between three feet and about six feet wide, which is why it's classified as a strid, because strid and stride, as Paul oh, alluded sure. to before we started recording, is they come from the same root word, and so they... They were like, oh, man, you know, it's so narrow, you could clear it in one stride. And so they called it a strid. There are other strids on the planet Earth right. um, that are Those also Brits. deadly.
0: There's yeah. the British. So literal. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, that
2: sounds like, I don't know how long that word has been around, but that almost seems like it's like Old English or something.
1: Yeah, like, strid, I, like I, middle English. I strid the fence. Yeah. Um, the land around the, the strid <laughs> is very rocky. And for most of the length of these rocky banks, uh, the rocks are like really rounded because of erosion and they're covered in very slippery moss. So it's very, very easy uh, as you get close to the water to just slip and fall in. Um, but looking at it, and Kane and Paul have a picture in front of them, looking at it, it doesn't look that dangerous because the... Yeah, like the water on top of the strid looks like it's just sort of cruising along at a nice, careful pace, Um, but that's really just how it appears on the surface. What makes the strid so insanely deadly uh, is that underneath that calm, peaceful surface, the water is absolutely raging, smashing into rock walls and swirling around in Countless underwater caves that it has created over you know probably thousands of years that it's been there, you know every all, all the while the water smashing into the side of the banks creating these little underwater caves and and the like, um, and it's widely believed that not a single person who has ever fallen into the strid has survived. So it's therefore the stretch of water with a one hundred percent kill rate. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I like Check your your use of kill rate rather than death rate. I was going to say,
0: <laughs> this, this strides kill to death ratio is out of this yeah. world.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is immortal also. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Truly a formidable foe. Yes. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, questions so far, gentlemen?
2: Yeah, so um, is it is there some sort of a downward action? If you fall in, are you sucked
1: down? So the problem with that is we don't know because nobody survived it. Nobody survived it, and or at least nobody has survived it and then gone on to say, "Oh well, while I was down there getting thrashed around, I you know
0: <laughs> yeah, saw this yeah. cave. I or,
1: mapped it out. Yeah, yeah. I was down there.
2: <laughs> Thank God I knew how to tread water. I being <laughs> slammed against rock faces.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that no one has like tried to map it out though. You there's gotta ha- sending- be a way. Like either like sonar or, you know, some type of technology down there to
1: kind of map out these caves that they say are down there. I would buy that as like the most likely way to successfully map it all out. But also just imagine like a little piece of, you know, silicone wrapped technology just getting smashed against rocks. It, it, it might just not be worth it in the eyes of the scientific community true
2: hey the Soviets put a rover on Venus
1: so they did yeah
2: have you seen the picture no okay well we'll talk about that after but yeah you can see what the (laughs) surface of Venus looks like and it does not look like a friendly place oh that's
0: awesome (laughs) I can't imagine so I think
2: the rover was only able to run for a few minutes or something before the you know surface temperature cooked it
1: that's great man I didn't know that at all They still did it, though. Um, From an article on AmusingPlanet.com titled, The Bolton Strid, The Stream That Swallows People, I took some excerpts just to give you a better picture. You, the viewers, a better picture. If you haven't Googled it already, you're making a mistake. Give it a shot. Um, So to understand how such a small little babbling brook can have such a dangerous reputation... All you have to do is take a walk upstream. Like I said, it's only like hundred feet long. So you clear that hundred feet, and what you see is a pretty like substantial river. Just a regular looking river that's probably like thirty or forty feet across. So like it's pretty, pretty typical. What I think of when I think of a river, unless you're talking like Mississippi. Um, this is the river wharf that flows for, like I said, over sixty miles. And that's pretty much what it looks like for most of its length until it hits the strid. The area that the strid is in was the original site for the Bolton Abbey, which was like this old Augustinian um, like cathedral slash abbey. You guys know what an abbey is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's named the Bolton Strid because that's sort of like the property that it's on. So So what happens is, When the river wharf forms into this Bolton strid or when it enters this piece of land, the river is forced through this really narrow gap. So you're talking 30 or 40 feet of wide river forced all of a sudden into this like six foot gap just because the rocks around it are so dense and they haven't eroded. And this causes the water to gain a tremendous amount of speed and also depth. And that's where a lot of the danger comes in. So like what the way that you guys should picture this is you have this like 30 or 40 foot wide river, maybe like six or seven feet deep at most. But then when it hits this gap, um, it basically turns sideways and is this like six foot wide strid that is who knows how deep.
2: I was going to ask you if it, uh, but I figured you might get there, and it looks like you did. I was going to ask if it was kind <laughs> of like a, as if you were traveling down a strip of DNA, right? So like it yeah, just kind of yeah. turns on the, not on the axis you'd expect.
1: And And if you imagine just on that, like, turning path, it just accelerating to oblivion. Right. Yeah,
0: and I imagine the rocks are just so, you know, whatever mineral it is they're just so dense and stuff like that where rather than making what would be essentially like a grand canyon where it's Mm. super wide and then super down it's just going straight down
1: yeah and and like even no, no matter how tough those rocks are i got to imagine that they are like very polished which i don't know a lot about the flow of liquids but i got to imagine if the rocks are very polished that is also speeding the water along pretty nicely Right, it's not like hitting a lot of friction. Yeah,
2: you know, if I may, real quick, uh, just since it fits so well with the timing, uh, on the on the subject of water pressure. Mm -hmm. Coincidentally, the day before we got this washer and dryer, uh,
1: (laughs) sorry, (laughs) 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 wow, I was local dad brags about washer machine,
2: and you could smell something. It smelled like. dirty water
1: wait the day before you said yeah okay and uh
2: we narrowed it down to the the water hookup there's the hot water the cold water and then like a drain pipe it looked the valves are pretty nondescript on the on the cold and hot water and i was like what the hell is one of these open and so i turned it and you know not even thinking (laughs) about it i turned it and um it was like opening a fire hydrant indoors. Um, (laughs) No. The the water (laughs) sprayed out so fast that, because this is just like a little recessed thing in the wall that's like (laughs) probably five feet across. And the water was straight line hitting the wall five feet across (laughs) and just spraying everywhere. It was like the scariest moment of my life. It was only, only on for maybe, you know, six tenths of a second before i shut it off but it soaked everything (laughs) and then of course it turned out it was just the drain pipe so i just poured some bleach water down it and it was fine but
0: Uh,
2: (laughs) it's uh,
0: yeah good to know
1: though oh dude yeah
2: plumbing incidents can turn pretty pretty crazy pretty quickly
1: pro-life tip man Building off of what Kane's story just illuminated for us about not turning mysterious water knobs. Uh, when you move into a new place, if there's already a washer and dryer, for the love of God, check the hookup. Make sure that that machine is hooked to the wall because make sure it's hooked to the wall twice for intake and for outtake. I don't know yeah. if that's the correct term. Because when Chelsea and I moved to philly for the first time we did not do that and our washing machine we put in our first load filled with water and then was just walking through the hallway stepped into a soaking wet carpet to realize stride
0: a strid rather uh, yes
1: (laughs) i fell right into the philadelphia strid (laughs) It just dumped, it wasn't hooked up to the wall, so it just dumped water all over the floor. Yeah. Sorry. I've been having that problem, too, with just the...
0: <laughs> oh, God. If there's too much water in it, it won't drain properly. So uh, I had a, a large load not too long ago. And uh, same thing, just water everywhere with the floor. So we're stuck to small and medium loads
1: for a while. <laughs> That's how it I'm should be anyways, school. but, you know.
2: When I was in middle school, my brother was doing the dishes, and I guess it was like his first time, because he filled the entire dishwasher detergent thing with dish soap.
0: No.
1: Gosh, that's a it, classic.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it turned our entire kitchen into like a bubble rave oh. or whatever. You know, like a, That's
1: uh, hilarious. And then you started to drink it and float up into the air, but towards a tragically spinning industrial <laughs> yeah, fan.
2: The big industrial fan we had installed. <laughs>
1: Yes, in my in my
2: whimsical childhood home, (laughs) my dad was always dressing in stupid purple suits and
0: wearing hats. Yeah, yeah,
2: making little people sing. (laughs) Jesus,
1: Dad, I'm awake. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) 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 Woo! All right, three and a half pages to go
2: what <laughs> holy shit okay let's get, let's go rip it
1: all right i like writing out like a nice clean script and then seeing what happens so we'll see if any of this makes it in i don't know any of this the I mean. yeah okay so wide river turn sideways turn you know about six feet wide at most very deep nobody really knows how deep that's not where it stops um it gets worse So the narrow gap that is the strid is actually really an illusion because both banks, right, that come into the strid meet about six feet or so apart, those are actually undercut by water. Ah. So it is not ground just straight down six feet wide. Uh, It's only down just like a little bit. And then it's just... Go ahead. To
2: help visualize, are you saying like... If you just uh, peeled off the first like six feet of ground, the river would be much wider. Yeah. You know, or however, however deep it would be, significantly oh, wider.
1: Okay. Exactly. Um, so that adds to just we don't know anything about what's going on below the surface because now you have this water sort of like crashing around left and right, up and down. I mentioned before it creates these like underwater caves, right where you know, some water just flows in and just gets stuck swirling around for 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days, who knows? So like anything that falls into this water could easily be trapped in like an underwater cave. And that's the thing is like, I'll give you some stories later, but when people fall into this thing, their bodies usually don't show up for like hours, days, weeks, and sometimes months later.
2: Jeez, scary stuff. Really?
0: Yeah,
1: man, cuz so I was going to comment on the one the first photo
0: you sent to us. Yeah. That's Everyone just seems to be kind of just nonchalant standing next to this river. There's no guess...
2: yeah, there's no like even so ropes, like, you know.
0: <laughs> but, I was going to say ropes or like I don't see any signs saying like do not go swimming in the water. Um like I think this place yeah. has like little old ladies standing next to the river. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think there is a sign.
0: I think I've seen a sign. There
1: are numerous signs. I
0: imagine there's probably signs.
1: Yeah, it says the signs are all the same. They say, danger, the strid is dangerous. The uh, no lifeguard
2: it- on duty. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Ever. <laughs> and has claimed lives in the past. Please stand well back and, and beware slippery rocks. These signs are everywhere. Yeah. here's. I wonder th- if... Go ahead, one of you. <laughs>
2: Go ahead, Paul.
0: Um, I wonder if anyone is like, like I can swim in it, you know, and just just jumps in and just dies. You know I'm, what I mean? I'm almost like, certain. Like you know, just like some young like kid or whatever, it's like like I don't give a, a, a fuck about the sign and just mm-hmm. jumps in and just gone.
1: Yeah, I
2: would like to, if I may, read a sign that you guys may have seen, but uh, it's that underwater cave sign. Have you seen that?
1: Yeah, dude, terrifying. This is
2: one of the scariest things ever because it's. Uh, I, I it looks like there's a few of them, so this must be like a repeated sign.
1: I've seen it in um, person at like other places with underwater caves. Dang!
2: So this is the. There's a graphic of the Grim Reaper, and it says, "Stop, prevent your death, go no farther." Fact. <laughs> More than 300 divers, including open water scuba instructors, have died in caves just like this one. Fact, you need training to dive. You need cave training and cave equipment to cave dive. Fact, without cave training and cave equipment, divers can and will die here. Fact, it can happen to you. There is nothing in this cave worth dying for. Do not go beyond this point. Wow. (laughs) Could you imagine not knowing what you were getting into with just like a scuba dive and seeing that? That would end the trip for me.
1: Oh yeah, I'm turning. I think I just surface.
2: Be like, let's just stay in the hotel today. (laughs) Let's get some peach Bellinis and sit by the pool. Yeah,
0: (laughs) scuba dive in the pool. There you go. Yes, the amount of like divers like behind this sign taking photos is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) Just to prove that they've you know they're badass or something. Oh, did you did you send a pic in the chat or no? Or oh, oh I you just Googled I, it? I just Googled. Oh yeah, I have not seen this sign before. They just need to put the meme from the Lord of the Rings movie with Gandalf. You saying, shall not you pass. You shall not pass. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that would better. get the
2: message across a
0: lot better. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> simplicity is key. You guys want to hear about some deaths? Yes. Sure. All right. So it all begins. Uh Or, sh- I mean, really what I mean is the oldest story that we have on record about the strid killing somebody is about a little boy named William de Romilly. And back around 1154 AD, he okay. was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Further thousand back years. Than I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought that was intense. And it gets worse. So about around 1154 AD, he was the heir to the Scottish throne, um, which I guess that explains why a story like this has survived, because if it was some farmer's kid, nobody would really care. True. So one day, little boy William attempted to leap across the strid while on a solo hunting trip. I know it says little boy and I'm reading little boy, but you got a picture like a 14 or 15 year old. In that era, too. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like which he's is just practically off. an adult. Exactly. Like he's off on his own hunting trip. He's got a dog and a gun with him. Like that was just what you do. Um so needless to say he missed. Uh he missed his mark pun intended.
2: <laughs>
1: hey. Hey. And he fell into the strid and was swept under literally never to be seen again. There is no documentation of them ever finding his body. Um His mother was very upset, needless to say, Um, so upset, though, and struck with grief that she uh, gave the entire plot of land that they were living on, which included the strid. They gave the whole plot of land to Augustinian monks just so that there would be people on the land praying Wow. <laughs> and just maybe throwing in a prayer or two for William de Romilly so that he doesn't get wow. stuck in limbo or something.
2: The river uh, sticks,
1: Yeah. Get him those drachmas. Uh, so these monks, they own the land. They went on. They built the apparently world-famous Bolton Abbey. And I understood why it was world-famous when I Googled it because this building is absolutely beautiful. If you give that a Google... You will see why. Um, It's in total ruin now. Uh, Like the windows are gone. The roof is gone. Only the stone sort of foundation and frame remains. But you could tell. Like they did not mess around building this thing. Um, But that's where it gets uh, gets its name as the Bolton Strid. Oh, yeah. You looking at an image? I am. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That is very nice, that archway. Or, you know, it probably
1: didn't used to be an archway, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we used to not walk through here <laughs> unobstructed. <laughs> um,
2: You know, while I'm looking at these pictures, did we already, did I bring up the cemetery graveyard thing? Did that come up on?
1: In this episode? No, but mean? I see no, what you're talking the, about. Um,
2: I saw this on Reddit. There's a, There is a difference between a cemetery and a graveyard. Oh. Oh, A graveyard. It's only a graveyard if it's on the property of a church. Otherwise, it's a cemetery.
1: Hmm. Weird. I wonder why.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I guess just... Like a Catholic church? You know, I saw the title and moved on.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would assume so. Yeah. <laughs> I love titles exactly. that reveal exactly the answer you were looking for, though. Because I'm always like, great, thanks for a good title. Yeah. This popcorn... And episode, except really just a popcorn, is brought to you by my girlfriend Chelsea. <laughs> I would like that to make it in the episode somewhere because she made it clear Dan that she wants credit. the Popcorn
0: credit. Man! <laughs> That'll all be in, yeah. Excellent. <laughs> oh D- Sorry,
1: did I interrupt? No, it was perfect, dude. Yeah, it actually good.
2: worked pretty well. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> you'll hear it you'll hear it so here's the thing man this bolton strid has i mean became an, an a huge legend a huge story right uh throughout the isles the british isles and one that lasted an extremely long time i mean we're talking about it right now but even before uh, you know Technology and all that made it really easy to research obscure stuff like this. Um, back in the 1800s, they were even talking about the Bolton Strid. Uh, this guy named William Wadsworth, he... No, no way. <laughs> oh, you, you got it right here on the screen, man. Uh, he writes well,
2: a... It's fact, then. Yeah, it's in a Google Dan Doc. He typed it out.
1: It yeah. has to be true. That's a silly name. <laughs> Sometime around 1800 A.D., he writes a poem about William Romilly and his story, uh, and it's called The Force of Prayer, uh, i.e. the founding of Bolton Abbey. I want to read you an excerpt. All right, this is about like a 60-line poem, but I'm only going to give you a short chunk. The striding place is called the strid, a name which it took of yore. A thousand years hath it borne that name, and and shall a thousand more. And hither is young Romilly coming, and what may now forbid, that he perhaps for the hundredth time shall bound across the strid. He sprang in glee for what cared he, that the river was strong and the rocks were steep, but the grey hound in his leash hung back, and checked him in his leap. The boy is in the arms of Wharf and strangled by merciless force. For nevermore was young Romilly seen till he rose a lifeless corpse.
0: And that's what they wrote to like kind of start the abbey?
1: Oh or... no, this was like six hundred fifty years later
0: later yeah yeah this guy was
1: like i'm just gonna make some money by writing a poem about this kid who died in a creek there's a lot more like that was in the exact like middle of the poem you know it there was like a bunch of fluff at the beginning and then at the end it talked about how his mother was so stricken with grief that she gave the place to monks who now pray for his soul so it's kind of
0: about the little history about it so
1: yeah yeah Yeah, so I guess it's a little history lesson, too. Um, Okay, you guys ready for some more pictures? Sure. Of course. All right, let me get geared up here. Get to the general chat. Okay. Um, All right, so first of all, hazardous landscape features like this are very often personified as, like, these terrifying deities or animals um, in like the local folklore, you know, they like, I don't know, they just come up with a way to explain why a certain place is so deadly or they come up with a story to like scare their kids so they don't go near a deadly place. Uh, and the strid is a classic example. They, the local legend, and remember the, the locals around this thing were like very Celtic. Northern English, like what became Scotland and Ireland and Northern Ireland, you know um, and and they come up with some wicked imagery for their folklore and for their legends. So word on the street is that whenever a fatality occurs at the strid, there is a spectral sort of ethereal, looking white horse that is said to rise from the churning waters of the river just as the body is dragged down um and this this image is like very similar to just this ancient sort of scottish um and irish image in scottish folklore it was this thing called the kelpie
2: yeah dude
1: oh shit okay So, let me send a picture. So, Paul, since this might be your first introduction to the Kelpie, I'm going to send you a picture, and I want you to describe it to the crowd. Okay. Okay, so here's the first just drawn-up image of the Kelpie.
0: Okay. It seems pretty straightforward, but Mm -hmm. um, it's basically the scenery is... um, basically a woods and there's this white horse that seems to be jumping into the river, but on the back is a man, all dressed in black, uh, riding the horse into the river. Excellent. And then maybe I'm just looking too far into this, but in the bottom right corner, Oh yeah. there's this like swamp creature With two (laughs) arms stretched out. Like, as if it's, like, reaching towards the horse and the man. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. I love this. That's, that's a, it's about, about all it got.
1: It was a great, yes. Thank you very much, Paul. That was very good. Um, so there's, like, that sort of horse image that is, like, I'm the... You know, spirit or like the deliverer for death or whatever. Like I'm gonna, I'm the horse that's gonna bring you to the underworld or, you know, whatever. Equate whatever folklore or ancient mythology you want to it. Um, Kane, I'm gonna send a picture in the chat now that I want you to describe. This is another image that um, it's sort of a generic image, but uh, in these old. Especially like Celtic folklores, there was always like a human version of the beastly spirit, and this was the typical imagery thought of uh, with this like Kelpie Yeah. Image. Okay. It, it's it's coming in right now. Oh. Uh, hello. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 hello, madam. So this image is, (laughs) um, this is a naked woman that Dan has sent me. Um, obviously nothing is, you know, it's tasteful, um, (laughs) but long black hair, I'm guessing some sort of siren vibe going on. Um, is that, uh, is that some sort of demon floating above her head to the right there? Yeah, I think so. Okay, there's some sort of small winged creature, it looks like.
1: How Um, would you describe her facial features or expression?
2: Not friendly. (laughs) Uh,
1: Like looking into
0: your soul. Yeah. Like Uh, mega disappointment.
2: I'm getting like Samara from the ring vibes.
0: Oh yeah. Ooh yeah, that's a good analogy for comparison.
2: Just kind of angry not outwardly aggressive.
1: Mm-hmm. You're definitely Unlike dead if Samara she's looking at me. you, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, one more. Um, because this this sort of old folklore image also appeared in, like, Irish, you know, more specifically Irish um, folklore as it developed, separate from, like, Scottish and English. Um... Except for the Irish, it was something called the puka, and the thing that you need to know about the puka, it definitely did not have any sort of human form alternative. Like, that's not really how like the Irish went, I guess. I don't know. Um, but Paul, why don't Paul, why don't you take a crack at uh, creating at this puka. visual at the puka? Puka for Paul. Okay. Oh. Well, here
0: we go. <laughs> so probably the scariest of the three images. Oh yeah. Um scenery, it looks again to be like a river surrounded by like tall grass, brush. And then it's this horrific looking like monster, like creature that's pulling on the water or something. And it's it, it's got like two like antenna horns sticking out of it, and it's like it looks like it's like crawling towards you to like basically eat you.
1: Okay, so I've got a couple more stories, just some famous stories of people that have been lost to the Strid. Um, another very famous, often told legend is of two young lovers, classic Romeo and Juliet esque tale um they they made a plan to elope together um but their lands were separated by the river so you know the easiest way quote unquote to cross the river was at the strid and uh Plus, I mean, any bridges, you know, she was, like, reluctant. The girl was, like, very reluctant to cross any bridges. She she didn't want to be spotted and caught, you know, running away with this guy. And um, so she goes to the strid. He goes and meets her there. And inevitably, disaster struck. Um, She jumped. She missed. She slipped. She fell. Um, she was dragged down by the rolling waters and uh, shortly followed, unfortunately, by the boy because he attempted to save her by going in as well, which doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and visitors to this day claim that you can still sometimes hear the girl's desperate cries yeah, of above the rushing waters whilst whilst, <laughs> the shades of the two lovers sometimes appear walking hand in hand beside the turbulent river.
0: Dang, this place is 100%
1: spooky. Yeah, people have really milked this place for the horror stories. I can't believe... There's got to be a movie. Well, no, there's definitely... Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Now let's accelerate forward to the year 2010. Uh, This is the story of little Aaron Page. He was a little eight-year-old kid. Was a little eight-year-old kid. Back in 2010. And uh, unfortunately met with a fateful demise. Uh, He he was out celebrating his birthday. Just playing in the woods. And uh, near the strid... And he slipped on one of those moss-covered banks and just fell right in. Um, now, there was somebody nearby, this just random passerby. He was actually able to reach out and grab hold of the kid's hand. Um, so, he, so he had him. Um, but this guy, this passerby documented, like he said later, he was like, literally, the strength of the rapids pulled this kid out of my hands. Uh, and so yeah, yeah. Uh, and they didn't find this kid's bodies this kid's body um for several, several hours.
2: Be hard not to feel a little bit responsible, which sucks.
1: Oh, as the passerby?
0: Guy. Yeah. Like literally in your hands in some way.
1: Okay, so here's the situation, gentlemen. Breaking the fourth wall here. Um, I'm done. Except okay. for a short story that I could read, it would probably take, I don't know, five or six minutes. Okay. What is the story? It's this old story. It's called The Striding Place. Um, It was written in uh, 1896. And it's just a, it's a fictional piece talking in great detail of a very harrowing death in the strid
2: okay what do you think paul
1: sure okay so so this guy weigel right he is not convinced that his best friend this guy named wyatt um wyatt uh gifford is actually dead whether he was murdered or committed suicide so he's walking through the woods on his own little solo search party and he's walking in the area of the strid and Goes towards the strid because a lot of people think, well, maybe he just fell in. Um, and he kind of he kind of sees a hand stick up through the water. Or he thinks he sees a hand stick up through the water. Remember, his, his best friend disappeared two days ago. Um, so he like turns away. He's like, oh, I don't know if that was real. But he turns back. Nevertheless, he sees it again. Um, quote, here's the story. A man was there, struggling to free himself from the suction beneath the strid, swept down, doubtless, but a moment before his arrival, perhaps as he stood with his back to the current. Weigel stepped as close to the edge as he dared, the hand doubled as if in imprecation, shaking savagely in the face of that force which leaves its creatures to immutable law then spread wide again, clutching, expanding, crying for help as audibly as the human boy voice. So Weigel dashes, this is not the story, this is me, Weigel dashes towards the edge of the strid. He reaches his hand out, uh, and, and he grabs a hold of this hand, uh, this hand, thinking, oh, God, this has got to be, you know, Wyatt Gifford, my best friend. Um, Weigel, here, back to the story, Weigel forgot the slippery stones, the terrible death if he stepped too far. He pulled with passionate will and muscle. Memories flung themselves into the hot light of his brain, trooping rapidly upon each other's heels as in the thought of the drowning. Most of the pleasures of his life, good and bad, were identified in some way with his friend. Scenes of college days of travel, where they had deliberately sought adventure and stood between one another and death upon more occasions than one. Of hours of delightful companionship among the treasures of art and others in the pursuit of pleasure, flashed like the changing particles of a kaleidoscope. Weigel had loved several women, but he would have flouted in these moments the thought that he had ever loved any woman as he loved Wyatt Gifford. There were so many charming women in the world and in the 32 years of his life he had never known another man to whom he had cared to give his intimate friendship he threw himself on his face his wrists were cracking the skin was torn from his hands the fingers still gripped the stick there was life in them yet suddenly something gave way the hand swung about tearing the branch from weigel's grasp the body had been liberated and flung outward though still submerged by the foam and spray Wyatt scrambled to his feet and sprang along the rocks, knowing that the danger from suction was over and that Gifford must be carried straight to the quiet pool. Gifford was a fish in the water and could live underwater longer than most men. If he survived this, it would not be the first time that his pluck and science had saved him from drowning. Weigel reached the pool. A man in his evening clothes floated on it. His face turned towards a projecting rock over which his arm had fallen upholding the body the hand that had held the branch hung limply over the rock its white reflection visible in the black water Weigel plunged into the shallow pool lifted Gifford into his arms and returned to the brink the bank he laid the body down and threw off his coat that he might be freer be the freer to practice the methods of resuscitation he was glad of the moment's respite The valiant life in the man might have been exhausted in that last struggle he had not dared to look at his face to put his ear to the heart the hesitation lasted but a moment there was no time to lose he turned to his prostrate friend as he did so something strange and disagreeable smote his senses for a half moment he did not appreciate its nature then his teeth clacked together his feet His outstretched arms pointed towards the woods, but he sprang to the side of the man and bent down and peered into his face. There was no face. Whoa.
2: No, that was cool.
1: Yeah. Hopefully that comes together nicely in the last, you know, edited cut. When you you mentioned the hand,
0: I thought the story was going to be like a Kelpie vibe and all of a sudden start pulling him in
1: Ooh, yeah or maybe what? it did and that was just his like afterlife dying experience seeing a faceless best friend
0: it would have been if he saw his own face oh, oh man. man if he would have like
1: you know yes i wish atherton gertrude or gertrude gertrude atherton was alive hey We'd when we make this redo. movie though
0: <laughs> yeah we can make we'll it we our own
1: hollywood budget yeah once Greg can fund our Hollywood budget,
2: yeah. <laughs> hey Dan, do you know anything about the um, King Arthur story,
1: like Arthurian legends? Um, just I think a little bit about the main one.
2: Right. What I'm wondering is because <laughs> obviously he gets he gets the sword he gets Excalibur from the stone, right? Like he, pull, yeah. he pulls it out of the stone. How does the Lady of the Lake come in? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Um Only by name, but I really don't know anything else, okay, yeah. I'll just
2: look it up um
1: but I guess back to the episode
2: so Dan, that's it for uh strid,
1: yeah, that's it, man. What's the moral of the story Kane okay, um
2: <laughs> this one should be easy <laughs> there, <laughs> there is definitely a moral we can pull from this um
0: to, uh, Don't go swimming without a lifeguard. Yes. Uh, No. We uh, we can do better. (laughs) Ouch. Hold on. Um, wait sixty minutes before swimming after you (laughs) eat. (laughs) Or yeah, sixty minutes.
2: That's that's what killed all of the people in the strid. They were (laughs) crapping out.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, The underwater is like three feet deep. They just really all just eaten. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Really dense food. It just weighed them down.
0: What if there was, like, a air pocket down there, and there's just, like, one big cave they could get stuck in?
1: Dude, there'd and be a bunch they, like, of
0: bones down there, man.
1: True. Oh, I guess
0: you're right. They do show up eventually, most of there, them.
2: There could just be, like, an eddy down there that is just keeping just bodies slammed yeah. up against a wall.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, only, only like, well, like, so I talked about, I mean, the Striding Place is fictional. But, like, that that couple, they were never found. The kid was found. The 2010 kid was found. Romilly was, was never found. I don't know if it's, in fact, like a majority of people who fell in were ever found because there really is no statistic on how many people have fallen in.
2: Still working on this moral. Because <laughs> um, I feel like there is actually something we could come up with, like a really metaphorical thing about... I'm thinking specifically about the banks
1: being misleading the moss isn't always greener on the other side god you're disappointing um, <laughs> yeah. don't let the moss go down on it nope
2: where are you getting moss stop moss where are you what is this coming from
1: there was There's moss slippery moss on the, on the banks, banks man
0: the moss doesn't always point north i got it sometimes it points towards a deadly river that's got a better kill to death ratio than your call <laughs>
1: on call of duty paid the cost uh, to be the moss I give up.
2: I think you all you, you all know what I'm trying to get at and that's good enough.
1: Don't jump in unidentified bodies of water <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. quite the cough
0: So it begins Kane's downfall
1: um coronavirus I'm gonna hit stop I think we got it right? No, no, no! Don't. Oh. Have you have you already? No.
2: Okay, so next week, hopefully, uh, we got Greg back again, and uh, we've got a real stunner of an episode,
1: barn uh, burner.
2: Yeah. So we're gonna do another episode of Armchair White Woman, and we'll be doing uh, another what? true crime type uh, <laughs> story, but okay. not your tra- not your traditional true crime. It's it's more. Or I should say it's less about the circumstances of the death and more the mysterious circumstances uh, surrounding the victims themselves. We've got two, maybe three, very interesting cases that we'll be talking about.
1: Wow. That is extraordinarily vague, but I'm excited.
2: Well, yeah, intentionally so. So uh, tune in to find out just what the hell I'm talking about. Thanks. (laughs) Now
1: we can stop. Okay. All Just right. closing that one up.
0: Someday. Something sacred I love But the river is Sink wide Sink it And it's too hard, to too hard to cross Even though I know the river is wide I walk down every <laughs> evening and stand on the shore I try to cross to the opposite side So I can finally find what I've been looking for In the middle of the night I go walking in my sleep